Listening Dog Media. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Offside Rule. We get it. Brought to you by a Wolves fan, a Manchester United fan and a Liverpool fan. Hello, it's the Offside Rule. We get it and there is not many weeks to go left in the football season. And the reason why I know that is I look around and there's a few tired faces around the table. We're all feeling it, aren't we, girls? Just want it to be over so I can get on the beach, Linz. Yeah. <laughs> that was very good, Haley, because we'll come back to life on the beach in a moment. We certainly will as we imagine the waves lapping at our feet lying on those lovely white plastic sun lounges as we stick to them slightly through the sweat <laughs> caused by the sun beating down on our pale and pasty bodies. Yeah. With 442 in one hand and a pina colada in the other. <laughs> or actually, no, it's probably a girly magazine, isn't it? We, we've, we've done by football by mid-June. Well, I'm wondering if it is just the football or if it's the late-night stay-up on Saturday to watch the boxing. What do you think? Um, Anthony Joshua, everyone was talking about it. It's not often that we digress away mm. from football, but because it was at Wembley Stadium, mm. we're sort of bringing it back into the footballing loop <laughs> and we're going to use that as part of our topics this week. So we'll go on to talk about heavyweights in football, also footballers who we think would make good boxers because I happened to be at the Arsenal match against Leicester. Did you see when um, Alexis Sanchez went and grabbed his face even though the ball by Christian Fuchs was thrown at his shoulder? It was hilarious. And then the posting of it as well on Twitter afterwards just to dramatise it. It was like, come on, we all saw you completely wimp out. And then what happened is there was this big... Because rugby guys, or, or rugby fans generally, are always waiting for that opportunity to be rugby versus football. So yeah. there was loads of GIFs and loads of different videos being put on, like where rugby players are running around, you know, with an eye socket hanging <laughs> out, and there's Alexis Sanchez diving down. So I think we should try and bring the macho factor back to football. We'll try our best. I can't guarantee that we'll do it. And I know we've also been looking at heavyweights in the divisions around Europe. So um, we're going to have a quick chat about who is bossing the European leagues at the moment. The Offside Rule. We get it. With Lindsay Hooper, Hayley McQueen and Kate Borsay. So let's go straight into topic one, which this week 
is all about being on the beach. I know it's something we're all dreaming about. Um, any holidays planned, ladies? I'm off to Italy. Oh, I didn't know that. Very nice. Yeah, Lake Garda. It looks really nice. And I've, but you know what? I have never been to Italy. How embarrassing is that? Living in Europe and never been to Italy. Um, how about you? Are you going to go anywhere? Yes, I'm going to go to the homeland of Cristiano Ronaldo. Mm, so I'll be telling you. Um, no, actually, just Portugal. I have been to Madeira twice. It's like a scene out of Cocoon when you land in, in Madeira Airport. It's, it's loved by the old people. And it's, it's, do you know what? It's lovely. It's beautiful. It's like a kind of mountainous. I have been twice for my sins. Once to do something with Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, expand on that. Yeah, not as like a close personal friend, but a programme that I put together for MUTV. We visited sort of where he grew up and yeah. how he lived. And I also went with, with a boyfriend when we were very young. And we brought the average age down to about 70 mm. yeah are you staying at his hotel you know he's launched a new hotel he is i don't think that was built when we were there but that would have been nice mm. got a bit of discount ronnie please you're not going to pop into the ronaldo museum check out the old statue at the cristiano ronaldo oh. airport oh my gosh you could have a selfie with that that would be <laughs> do you know what that would probably go down better than a selfie with cristiano ronaldo because there's lots of people who get selfies with Ronaldo, but not many people could get a selfie with that bronze bust of him, could they? So maybe that's what I should set out to do this summer. But I'm having a lovely family holiday with the folks, no less. Oh. I might be well into my 30s, but I'm still going on holiday with my parents. Yes. Well, there's only one of the three of us that's got a holiday home in France, isn't there, Hayley? And that's Kate Borsay. <laughs> no, that sounds terrible. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Uh, uh, yes, I'd just like to be as close as I can be to the football team of Toulouse. Don't ask me why. <laughs> Big rugby town as well. Uh, but yeah, I will be going during, during, during the summer holidays, actually. So whilst you guys are probably going to head off as soon as the season finishes, mm-hmm. I'll need to just um, bide my time a little bit and wait until August. See, what we're mm-hmm. tapping into here is the fact that this is exactly the sort of conversations that footballers or the teammates are sat around having yeah. right now. Certain teams in particular, that are teams, as we know, Chelsea and Spurs still fighting it out for the title. Uh, we've got a big relegation battle. I don't think Swansea can rest on their laurels just yet. Neither can Middlesbrough. Sorry, Hayley, it's not looking good for them, is it? Um, but there are teams up and down the leagues that really are starting to daydream a little yeah. about the beach life. They can have these conversations. Um, and I'm going to start us off with this because I know that you've looked at your own teams that you think are already on the beach. Um, any excuse for me to lay into West Brom, as we know, as a Wolves fan. And they've lost four games in a row. They have just given up, haven't they? They also have become the most boring team ever to watch. I think they haven't become that. They have been for a while. <laughs> they failed to score in five consecutive games, I think it is, for the first time in their history. Um, so not only have they packed up and gone off on the summer holidays, they are also very boring to watch. You know, fair enough if you want to enjoy your time and think about going on holiday, but at least provide some entertainment please. Well, before everyone starts accusing me of laying into West Brom or the West Brom fans, they usually take it in, in good good stride. But I know that Hayley had also mm. spotted West Brom as well and thought, I'm going to talk about those. So I'll let you pitch in too. But I'm going to start off by saying that 2016, if you go back a year to last summer, because they did exactly the same last season, mm. um, there were photos on Instagram that the players were sharing what they were up to. So what I'm thinking is they can sit around a little bit like we are around a round table right now and they can exchange holiday ideas. Mm-hmm. So last summer, this is what a few of them got up to. Um, one keeping it quite simple, might I say. Um, Rondon went to Venezuela. Very different location to go to, wasn't it? 
yeah, you'd think when you said V, I was going to say Vegas. I'm pretty sure <laughs> yeah. footballers go to Vegas. Venice. Yeah. I know Venezuela. So um, I'm sure he can tell everyone where to go, you know, top restaurant tips and all that. Um, Anders Lindegaard uh, went to Copenhagen, which I went to this year. Actually, it was last year now. Um, and I highly recommend. So Copenhagen, I can see why you'd go there. Mm. Beautiful city, lots to do. There's, um, is it Trivoli Gardens? It's so much fun. If, you, if you've got children like Kate has, take them. Honestly, it's like this huge, huge fun fair, like that's nothing you've ever seen. I loved it so much. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I'm a big kid. Um, and that's probably why footballers would too. Um, and the final one, Ben Foster. What do you think, what do you think he made most of his summer Ooh. occupying himself with? I do remember hearing something about Ben Foster, I think. Go on, reveal all. He, he gave quite regular updates about the progress in his garden. Oh, Bit of a keen yes. gardener yeah. is Ben Foster. Oh, is he? That's good. He's got two kids very close in age. I remember when his missus had not long given birth when he announced the news that she was expecting another one. Mm. It was a bit of an accident. Yeah. Although we won't be telling the child that it was much loved and much wanted but I think he was a bit busy for a while in that department yeah Yeah, let's hope in 10 years the child doesn't download the back catalogue of the offside rule we get it huh just to find out um so I'm, I'm thinking that you, you had some ideas about West Brom as well and why you thought they were already on the beach. Me, I'm just sort of <laughs> letting them daydream with each other about what they did in last season. Yeah, do you know what? It's not just West Brom, it's Tony Pulis' teams, isn't it? And I looked at this, going back from 2008, 2009, after they got to the magical 40-point mark, which actually, you don't need to get 40 points to stay up now, do you? It's, it's kind of... That, that, that time has gone. Um, but when they get there, they almost down tools, don't they? As you've mentioned, they are on the beach. It's not just West Brom. So go back to the 2008-2009, right up until the current day. Um, his team have played 37 matches for either Stoke mm-hmm. or West Brom. Mm-hmm. They have only won five of those. They have lost the majority of the games. Wow. They, have, they have drawn even less and they've won just five matches yeah, that is quite astounding, isn't it? Sure, that really surprises me for Tony Pulis. I did not have him down as a down tools kind of guy when, when you get to 40 points. Um, Kate, who have you got in terms of already having their nice parasol up, ready? It's a bit of an unfortunate one, really. It must be frustrating if you're a Preston fan at the moment because... Um, four defeats and a draw in their last five games. And when you consider that they're in 11th now, but for most of March, they were in and around eighth position, they have just sort of given up the ghost. And if you're a Preston fan, I think that's pretty rubbish, particularly when you look at how good they were um, throughout most of the season. They're free-flowing football. They look strong. They look like they have the desire. It was quite it was quite encouraging watching Preston. For them just to suddenly, over the last five games, just give up the ghost um, without seeming... I, I, I mean, I guess that they could be exhausted, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But it's not the kind of play that you want to see from a team who's performed so well Uh, I guess I'm saying it's a big shame they could still finish higher um, uh, or or on a higher amount of points than they did last season they finished on 62 last season they've got 62 at the moment so they could better that but really there's nothing else for them to play for Um, the likelihood is they will better it because they're playing Wolves 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 have also given up the ghost by the way kind of um, found their found their safety net and then uh, and then packed up and went went home Um, it was interesting a hearing from Simon Grayson actually after the recent result um, against Rotherham and he just said it was 
a bit disappointed in the performance and this sums it up really well. He said, we've had some really good performances against some good teams. We played great football and we wanted to produce a performance for the supporters today. And that sums it up for me, really. If you've had a good, encouraging team for most of the season, why would you just let it ebb away towards the end? He said that they started too slowly, didn't ask uh, a question of Rotherham, who, by the way, are already relegated. Mm -hmm. So to suffer um, as they did a draw um, against a team already relegated was pretty poor, in my opinion. Preston North End, you've got one game to prove yourselves. Yeah, just just one thing just to mention as well. We talk about teams kind of mid-table, which are the ones we kind of focus on. Well, what have they got to play for? Well, what have Sunderland got to play for? They're already relegated, but they put up a really good fight in the game against Bournemouth. I watched that one. It was... Mm. It was a Sunderland we wish we'd kind of seen over the few weeks before when they desperately needed the points. But actually, please, Sunderland Football Club, don't just give up on your season. It could be a long time before your fans travel to the likes of Mm. Arsenal and Chelsea, who Mm. are your last two games Mm. in big away games for the fans that have turned out with maximum attendances every single week at the Stadium of Light. Please don't give up. You might already not just have your sights set on leaving, you know, the football club, leaving the Premier League, and going on holiday, please just remember that these are the fans of the North East who it looks like, I just don't, I can't see Sunderland coming back up anytime soon. And for the owner of the club, it's obviously they're, they're trying to sell it. Finishing on 21 points with five wins all season isn't good enough. But please go out with a fight. OK, you might not get anything from games against Arsenal and Chelsea, but go out with your heads held high rather than being you know, a little bit shamed. Hi, I'm Darren Goff, and you're listening, believe it or not, to three gorgeous women talking about football. Now, football and women. I'll leave it with you. Next, there is still time left for some special things to happen in the remaining games, the remaining fixtures, because who would have thought that this week just gone before we've recorded this podcast, watching Liverpool play, that Emre Chan (laughs) would produce quite the overhead kick that he did. Was anyone else just blinking, thinking, was that really Emre Chan? It absolutely astounded me. And I think it astounded Jurgen Klopp when you look at his <laughs> yeah, post-match do. press conference. He sort of pulls this face like he still can't believe it actually happened. Um, but that's, I guess, why we love the game, isn't it? Because unexpected things happen all the time. Um, but for Emery Chan, yeah, I mean, he will look back on that goal fondly for many years to come. Yeah, and, and it happens, like you say, all the time. You have defenders who've never scored a goal and suddenly mm. they score and all these different things. And I just thought, drawing on our own experience or what you've watched on, on television or heard on the radio... What sort of took you by surprise? What is it that footballers have done that you least expected? You can take this further afield as well if you like. I know that one of my perhaps most vivid football memories is to do with the goal myself. I remember being at Norwich when they played Sunderland, um, assuming that Haley's just mentioned them, um, and Alex Tetty, he scored for Norwich. Um, now, that was his, his debut goal. It was a wonder goal, um, but his first Premier League goal mm. that he'd ever scored, a 30-yard half volley. Mm-hmm. And everyone, you know, what I always think is a good judge of it is when the entire stadium that's watching, it's silent when the goal goes yeah. in to begin with. It's not cheers. It's just like, yeah. what? What just happened? Um, it was only his third goal as well since he joined um, English football in 2009, and that was in March 2014. Wow. So it's not like this is a player that scores goals a lot. So when it happens, it's not expected and you're sort of like ah that was the period where there were several good goals you remember Rooney also scored an absolute blinder in that season so it made mm. the um, goal of the season competition really interesting that year I yeah I don't think really he won that. he didn't win it no, even though it, it was a wonder goal yeah well let's just remind you of a couple of things that happened okay the, the- pretty obvious but we've got to give a, a massive round of applause don't we to Leicester well done on getting to the quarter 
finals of the Champions League. And, and actually nearly getting further yeah. than that, really. Oh, I know. And against tough opposition as well. And actually being a little bit unlucky, mm. you'd have to say. And OK, they won the Premier League, so you'd think the next season going far in a Champions League is, is, you know, not too far off. But they were so terrible in the league this season mm. until Craig Shakespeare came in, which is another thing we didn't yeah. expect to happen. Him winning six games in a row, coming in, of course, in caretaker charge of the massive result against Liverpool. And earlier on in the season, we're all forgetting, aren't we, that Manchester City lost 4-2 to Leicester. And that was when they were on their barren spell. Vardy wasn't mm. scoring goals. Maraz was nowhere to be seen. And they weren't a very good Leicester side. So there have been quite a few results that have um, caught the eye when you look back, considering where obviously Leicester are. Um, what about Arsenal beating Chelsea? Who'd have thought that when you look at where Arsenal are at the moment and the, the, the struggle they had against Tottenham uh, and they beat Chelsea 3-0 with all their best players at their best it was when Ozil looked like he wanted to play for Arsenal Sanchez was firing in the goals and uh, Theo Walcott uh, as well if I'm to sum it up over the last two or three seasons, I think the Premier League has become less formulaic. OK, Chelsea established a big lead, didn't they? But we have seen surprising results. I think for me, you know, obviously we've all studied the game for kind of many, many seasons now. But certainly in the last two seasons, definitely results have sprung surprises. Teams, you know, and I guess it's partly because of financing as well. You know, teams like Leicester um, and, you know, surprising teams who put a lot into their development like Southampton, um, you know, have the player base to be able to spring surprises on some of the bigger teams. Um, Tony Adams trying to rescue Granada. That was pretty unexpected, wasn't it? That came out of nowhere. Um, As did the very strange training ground routine stroke dance that he... um, that he enacted and the really funny thing is and you must look up the video the really funny thing is the players appear to just be stood watching him so he's not he, he, he's, not, he's not getting them to kind of do the drill and it's a very bizarre drill if it is a drill with him they're just spectating this very odd random big fish little fish dancing inside a square box type routine well sometimes the random things have worked though haven't they like when Claudio Ranieri with his pizza chat and yeah. promising pizza to Premier League mm. footballers who are on over 100 grand a week or something and get me going. That would definitely get me going. <laughs> you think, well, you can afford however many pizzas you want. Yeah. However, it did get them going. Um, so maybe it could have worked. It didn't on yeah. this occasion. No, it didn't. He did, he did say that he wanted to galvanise the players. I'm not sure that galvanise and make them wet themselves are <laughs> the same thing. Uh, but at least he tried. Um, obviously, it didn't work. Um, what I didn't um, expect to see, actually, this is obviously Guardiola's first season in, um, in English football. And what I didn't expect to see was him turn into a grumpy teenager, as he did at the beginning of the year. Remember, they, they um, won over Burnley and he was interviewed by someone at the BBC. And, um, and he was quite stroppy basically, when the um, BBC uh, person suggested that he didn't seem particularly happy during this interview. He said, more than you believe. Um, He was asked for his opinion on a sending off during that game, and he simply said, you are the journalist, not me. He's not not really that kind of manager. And I know that there were... I I think there was even a discussion on Radio 4 about Guardiola's mental state. It got that many people into a spin. Um, So I didn't expect to see that. This is weird. It was um, announced not that long ago, actually, that um, a bit of an experiment was conducted by researchers at Queen Mary University in London, quite close to where you live, uh, Lindsay. Don't um, away my location. No, 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 I won't. Um, it, it has been proven that insects like bees can understand the game of football. 
that's been that's been proven. I, I didn't expect to to read this. Uh, apparently, the bees in this particular study were taught how to roll a teeny tiny yellow ball and score a goal. Every time a bee succeeded, it was rewarded with a sweetened drink. This was part of a study done um, for the uh, journal Science. <laughs> Um, and, and, and the scientists said on the back of that, I'm, I'm picturing, I hope you all are at home, this little Lucky game professor. of football with bees <laughs> kicking a tiny little yellow ball. The scientists said in this case that this particular behaviour uh, indicates that bees have a natural capability to adapt to changes in environments. So basically taught bees how to play football. That's just weird. Why football? Well, yeah, I, I, I think they probably tried several games, but maybe football was the one that the bees had a natural propensity <laughs> towards. I don't know. The offside rule, we get it. The female take on football. Well, before we bid farewell for this week, ladies, um, did you see the fight at Wembley? Did you watch? Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I mean, I would love to have watched it, but someone organised their birthday party oh, on, no. oh, on yeah. the same night. Who was that, I wonder? Oh, yeah, that was me. <laughs> but we were keeping an eye on what was yeah. happening Aww. and um, I got an alert through on my phone and then that made me want to then go and watch the highlights at four in the morning, which is what I did. Um, I'm going to quickly mention heavyweights in leagues before we get to our footballing boxers footballers who would make good boxers have a think about that whilst you're listening which footballers do you think would make good heavyweights but we're going to actually talk about team heavyweights and teams up and down the leagues all over europe that just they're just always dealing that knockout blow um so we'll start with you kate and who you've who you've got so i've had a quick look at syria uh, four games left to play in syria juventus top Roma slipped up at the weekend. They're in second, but there's only one point between them and third place, Napoli. Juve, nine points clear. I just can't see any of the Italian competition um, uh, really kind of catching them. They did draw against Atalanta at the weekend, but really Roma should have made uh, the most of their game and they didn't. Um, So Juventus very much on course for a record-breaking sixth consecutive Serie A title. You you, you know, you sort of forget, don't you? Because you're so used to to, uh, hearing um, of Juventus taking the um, Scudetto six in a row, about to have six in a row. Um, so very much the heavyweight. Um, they meet Monaco in the semi-finals of the Champions League, so they also get my heavyweight vote for that as well. Um, talking of Monaco, let's go quickly to Ligue 1. Um, all about the top three in Liga, really. Um, we've got uh, Nice in third, PSG in second. Of course, remember, PSG absolutely ran away with it last season. Uh, Monaco are top. That's that's pretty surprising, really, I suppose. Um, all the clubs are three points apart. So there's three points separating uh, Nice to PSG, then PSG up to Monaco. Monaco have got a game in hand, though, so it's just about them holding firm. We mentioned Kylian Mbappe, didn't we? Uh, last uh, podcast, Haley. he continues to look amazing for them. Um, PSG messed up at the weekend. They lost three points to third place Nice, so that didn't do them any favours. Um, I mean, I suppose it probably is Monaco, PSG. They've both got fairly similar ends to the season. And as I said, three points separates those top two teams. I think there's slightly less for Monaco to worry about in those closing fixtures. Um, they're still in the Champions League too. Um, I think that probably would count for them rather than against them in terms of the team um, achieving things and being on a high. So Monaco are my heavyweights of Liga. My goodness, how hard is it to decide who is the heavyweight between Real Madrid and Barcelona? We've seen Atletico Madrid try to spoil the party um, 2010-11, of course. They were champions. Barcelona are trying to retain it. Real Madrid are desperately trying to get it back. You could argue that Real Madrid, because they're in the Champions League and Barcelona aren't, that they come out on top, but then they have the 
leading goal scorer, Messi with 33 goals mm. in La Liga. It makes Ronaldo's 20 look like absolutely nothing, yeah. doesn't it? We were all cheering him. We returned uh, to the game after being given a bit of a rest um, in, a, in a huge match for them after getting a, a, a win against Valencia, which was very lucky, by the way. And I'm going to tell you who I think is the heavyweight in La Liga and who's going to win it, despite it being so close. So Ronaldo comes on in the 27th minute of a game and just heads in his 20th La Liga goal. He's just strolling around like he owns the place, which he practically does. But then you still have um, not just Messi ahead of him in a top goal scorers, but you've also got Luis Suarez yes. as well. And you just have to look at the goal difference to see the difference. Barcelona plus 71. Real Madrid is still a healthy 53, but they're streets ahead of Atletico Madrid. It really is a title race between these two, a two-horse race. I think Real Madrid, despite having a game in hand, I think are going to fall short. I think it's going to be Barcelona's. And I thought all season it was going to be Real Madrid. But looking at their win over Espanyol and... Um, just looking at the way that Barcelona are winning and not conceding goals, I think the nerves are going to get to Real Madrid and they are going to slip up. Mm. Well, the ultimate heavyweights in Bundesliga are Bayern Munich. And this is the one team that we're talking about. They've already wrapped up the title. They've already got it. Um, much was made of RP Leipzig and, and they were in second place in the way they've come from nowhere. But already 10 points clear. At the top of Bundesliga, um, they are the ultimate heavyweights of German football. They've already got their fifth successive Bundesliga title. But it's not just that. It's the way they got it. They beat Wolfsburg 6-0. Now, that is the knockout blow, isn't it? To get your title, your fifth title, you win 6-0. So Bayern Munich, the heavyweights of Bundesliga. Wow. Uh, we're going to talk about boxers, footballers who would make good boxers, because... To be honest, you look at the qualities you need to be a good boxer, you know, strength, determination, uh, good right hook, uh, looking like you wouldn't stand any messing. And you look up and down um, football pitches lately and the diving, which gets to everyone, makes us think, mm, are there any Are there any that are equipped to go into a ring and um, go 10 rounds or 12 rounds with someone else? And I think we can all find some. So dig deep. Hayley, who have you got? Well, I've actually got a footballer who did turn professional boxer. Oh, yeah, that's right. Leon McKenzie. Yes. He is a super middleweight. He played for initially Crystal Palace, uh, Fulham. Peterborough fans might know him best. He was there on loan at Norwich, Coventry, Charlton, Northampton, Kettering and Corby Town. I just thought I'd list off all yeah. his clubs because if they all come together and support him, um, then he'll have a good fan base because he's had 10 fights Eight wins, four by knockout. And his mm. first fight, he fought a guy at York Hall, the famous York Hall and Bethnal Green, um, John Mason. It was stopped in the second round. Mackenzie picked up his a victory in his first professional bout. So he's been all around the country as a journeyman. He's a year older than me and he's already achieved a football career and a boxing career as well. So wow. well done, Leon McKenzie. And where do we go from an actual boxer <laughs> to one that would be a potential good one? I'm going to pick out Moussa Dembele at Spurs okay. because he is a powerhouse. And I'm yet to see anyone stop him in his tracks at Spurs when he's playing for Spurs. Super strong. He looks so mean. Um <laughs> And I just think that he would be a really good boxer. I think he'd be the one that I would be like backing in that dressing room or if ever there's some fisticuffs on the field. 
<laughs> between now and the end of the season, if it's for the title, who knows? I'd put Musa up first mm-hmm. if I was uh, if I was the Spurs teammates. I'd be like, go, go for Musa. Um, yeah, I think he'd be good. Talking of punches that we don't like to see, but I just want to mention it. Kayla the Eagle at Charlton was on the the, oh. Oh, the Palace mascot, wasn't it? Was on the wrong end of a bit of a punch after um, a fan actually punched oh, punched the mascot oh, during a game. I think they were punished for it. I'm not mm. quite sure how, Did but they- yeah. Did the sort of padding around his mascot attire help at all with the uh, with the sort of landing yeah. landing the blow, yeah. softening it perhaps? Yeah. I definitely like to hope so, but that's something mm. we don't like seeing in the game. We don't mind it when it's between mascot and mascot. It's the same thing, isn't it? There's a human being inside there. Sorry, children, but but there is. Um, there's a human being in there, and at the end of the day, you're assaulting another person. Yes. Okay, yes. it's not a cuddly toy. There's a person in there. <laughs> I love that. You might well be dressed up as a giant dinosaur or an eagle, but there is a real person inside, kids. Um, at 94 kilograms, Romelu Lukaku is meant to be one of the heaviest footballers uh, in the Premier League. Speed, pace, well, he's definitely got that. If we're looking at his uh, boxing pedigree, he's hit the target and scored more uh, than any other player in the Premier League this season. So I think we can say he'd be a good boxer. Um, when we're looking at you know, someone known as the beast, a massive unit in the game of football. Look no further than 34-year-old Adebayo Akinfenwa plays for Wickham Wanderers. Um, a lot of debate about how much he actually weighs. Mm-hmm. Some say, well, in fact, soccer base says under 14 stone, but others say 102 kilograms. That's 16 stone, wow. ladies and gentlemen. Whatever the case, he's definitely in that heavyweight division at that weight. Um, how about one of the few... Um, sub 59 kilogram super featherweight players okay so someone who is pretty much half Akin Fenwa's weight imagine that okay half your weight Jesse Lingard step up um quite a few websites have him down basically as uh, 58 kilograms nine stone one so there you wow. go two of Lingard equals one of Akin Fenwa <laughs> um and uh, to round it off um, two players from the same team sent off for fighting each other. Um, Richard Foster and Danny Swanson dismissed during a game um, for St Johnston at the beginning of April. Um, they basically fought each other. Seemingly punches and kicks were thrown in that altercation. They were fined, by the way, if you want to know how this was followed up by their club. There was a huge outcry at the time. It was awful, disgusting. This behaviour can't be condoned. The duo were fined four weeks' wages and a lot of those wages, they insisted, went to ferrying uh, fans of St Johnston to away games. It was put to good use. But if you look up Danny Swanson, he looks like a boxer. Not only has he actually been enjoying fisticuffs uh, on the pitch, uh, he, you, can, you can actually look at the player and think, yeah, I could definitely see you in the ring. Well, thank you, ladies. So a boxing-inspired podcast for this week. But when we're back in a fortnight, it's going to be all about the football because it will be crunch time. Mm. Make sure you check out our website because we'll have plenty more football content going on our website, which is offsiderulepodcast.com. And give us a follow on Twitter. Some great observations from our team on there um, at Offside Rule Pod. And we'll speak to you next time. The female take on football. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.